Ski. And we're here to talk you into it. The podcast that helps you learn to love the bands that you wish you liked, but you just haven't figured out yet that you've been wrong and that we're probably right. Our mission here is to introduce you to the bands that you might have written off, but you've always secretly wondering what you were missing out on. And today we are talking about one of my favorite bands that I can't believe I didn't think of to suggest, but it was Ski. Ski, tell us the name of this awesome idea that you had on text message a couple of days ago. Uh, it's Urge Overkill. Um, one of those, you know, of our era, the time that we became friends and started listening to music in college, um, you know, one of those bands that just jumped out at you from uh, Chicago, Illinois, and a part of that, oddly enough, alternative rock scene um, but if you listen to them, there's so much more than that. You know, that, like the grunge bands of that era opened the doors to wider success and wider access to MTV in particular for bands like uh, Urge Overkill. Um, but it's kind of funny to think of them in those terms because just a classic American uh, rock and roll band, um, but also the emphasis on showmanship um, and entertaining uh, and making sure you don't leave a concert uh, unhappy. And, you know, th- at the time, the matching suits played into it as well. Just oh my God, a distinct, outfits. unique uh, feel to a band like that. Um, and, you know, just unlike any other uh, really of that era, and just one of those bands that uh, I keep coming back to um, over the years, and we keep talking about, and we keep, even before this podcast, you know, mentioning songs off of uh, well, the classic album for, for us, I think, Saturation. Um, oh, what about God. that one? What about that one? So um, we, it's, a, it's a perfect candidate for this kind of podcast and maybe even the best one yet um, of a band that probably a lot of folks uh, overlooked at the time or was there. Um, and I, I think they, they broke up soon after their, their breakthrough album. So uh, we'll just to go through the format real quick, just in case it's your first time through. Ski and I picked two songs each. We think that they would convert you if you were an unconverted. Uh, if you're not going to be converted, we'll at least help you understand what style of music they are, understand some of their influences and some of the bands that they wind up influencing, and hopefully give you the opportunity to give them a listen, to give them a shot. Let's talk a little bit about this band. And weirdly, and I will say this was a coincidence, but this is the second straight podcast about a Chicago area band from the early 90s scene in Chicago, which was Liz Fair, which is Urge Overkill and is absolutely smashing pumpkins um, in terms of bands that were kicking around the double door and and were all from that neck of the woods. And Liz Fair and Urge Overkill uh, were very close. And in fact, uh, one of the Urge Overkill songs that I would be surprised if you picked, but if I dispoiled it, I'm sorry, uh, was is actually about, uh, is named after Exile in Guyville uh, in a way, and it's called Goodbye to Guyville. And I believe that is on... Uh, I think that's on the Stull EP for Urge Overkill. Anyway, so, Ski, what's your first track, man? Hit me. Uh, the first track that I'm going to go with, and some again, one that I've brought up many times uh, over the years, and I think you had um, at one point on social media asked for, you know, obscure uh, songs off of mid-90s alternative bands. Um, and so my first pick is off of Saturation. It has to be off of Saturation. Um, but it's, it's Erica Kane. So let's listen to it. 
that guitar is just so dope. It's it's a powerful <laughs> song. I mean, it's, it combines all those elements that I mentioned before about you know urge overkill because the showmanship is always there. I mean, you you write you write a song an ode to a soap star uh, who was how many times nominated for you know best actress in the soap but always fell short and. Just the fact that a band in the mid '90s was writing odes to uh, Erica Kane, a fictional uh, character—I uh, should say—that's what I say. It wasn't to Susan Lucci, the actress, it was to the fictional character. No, it's about Erica Kane. It's Erica, about she yeah, wrote right. all my children. Right, America Kane. Right, and I <laughs> love that about that band. And so it's, you know, for Urge Overkill, at least that's one of their songs that you know it lends itself more to uh, the punk sound, the driving uh, punk guitars on it. Uh, but then they, they, they shred uh, in the solos as well. Um, they've always reminded me of, you know, coming into the 90s, um, they do have their roots uh, into the 60s and 70s uh, with the Stones um, and even with Aerosmith as well. And what they put that, uh, that uh, Las Vegas um, trash showmanship style, you know, to their songwriting and to their sound, um, and Erica Kane is just a, a perfect example of that. It's slick. It was always kind of a glammy. There was a glammy sheen that they yes. put on, yes. on on the Saturation record and on the Exit the Dragon record. But the ironic part, uh, and their lyrics are ironic as hell. I mean, I, I looked up their Wikipedia because I didn't realize. I knew that there was, you know, Nash Cato and King Roser, right? Mm -hmm. Not their real names. What I didn't realize is that everybody else who's ever been in the band has a fake name. Like, and these names are hilarious. Like, like first of all, Blackie Onassis. Blackie uh, I mean, not his real name, but the drummer for the Saturation. And I believe also, I believe uh, for Americruiser as well, uh, which was uh, before that. Um, but like the other nicknames they have for all these guys that were in the band, like Sandbag, Crabnar, the Jaguar, Fever. I mean, come on, like they're they're taking the piss the whole time, and and like and there's like a, a great like embrace of like rock and roll tradition of having of of having ridiculous fake stage names that just. I mean, I'm a sucker for that, and I think you are. No, too. it's the showmanship part of it. And, yeah, I think when they brought Blackie O in the band, I remember an interview they did, and they asked him, you know, well, why this guy? You know, what what drew you to him? And, yeah, you're supposed to say, oh, he's just he's heavy on the skins. He's an incredible drummer. You know, his rhythm is impeccable. His time is impeccable. And they just said, he fit the suit. You know, and I love that. <laughs> I love that. He fit the suit, you know. <laughs> That is awesome. I did not know that. That is great. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were texting back and forth before this all day. And I, you you said it uh, in the text message where you said, you could pick any song off of Saturation and be right. Yeah. And, 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 and I can't agree more. Um, today, I had the opportunity, though, to go back to some of the early shit. And man, they... They had some really cool earlier, earlier tracks. Uh, I can't say that um, that I have, you know, Jesus Urge Superstars track list memorized, but also they named an album Jesus Urge Superstar. That is hysterical. Yeah. Like they're, they're not even the first song off of that album is called God Flintstone. It's a pretty good song. Um, you know, uh, uh, there are some really 
there are also a couple of nuggets on that record, on that very first record, where you see the seeds of what it is that comes to fruition on saturation, which is why I bring it up. Like they were heavily influenced by the replacements. You can totally tell. You can totally tell that they were contemporaries and also cared about what Sugar and Bob Mold were doing. And I know mm -hmm. you're a big fan of, of Bob Mold. Um, and then you look at the way that they do glam it up. And I see artists after them that take from this mantle or the pick up the torch and carry it along further. You talk about the suits, you have to think of the hives. I mean, you just you just have to with the showmanship of, no of question. the band, the, the ridiculous names, the suits, that's like completely perfect of being over the top that basically saying, we're the best and you're welcome. You know, like Urge Overkill did it, the hives do it, Eagles of Death Metal do it. There's a lot of Eagles of Death Metal in some of the the the, the crankier Urge Overkill stuff. And Eagles of Death Metal and, and Queens of the Stone Age as essentially sister bands. Doesn't quite sound like a Queens of the Stone Age record at all, but like it's not that it's not that much of a stretch to say that they're tangentially related, is it? No, and well, I would actually go to an, another band um, that, you know, it should be the subject of a, a future podcast, and that's Electric Six. Maybe minus the um, you know the, the disco influences off of that first Electric Six record, but that same kind of you know matching suits, crazy nicknames, um, and just you know cheeky lyrics, cheeky lyrics, and ironic detachment. Just but they put on a phenomenal show. I never had the chance to see Urge Overkill live, um, but stumbled across some of their earlier videos uh, on YouTube. And yeah, I mean, that, that kind of uh, showmanship um, was at the heart of the band. Um, and so you, you see that in so many um, different areas. And this is a band that you know, yeah, really in the mid 90s had the breakthrough record. It was their third record. Um, and then they <laughs> exited the scene uh, after their, their follow up. Um, but their follow up, I'm going to get into the follow up. I'm going to get into the follow up. I'm going to get into Exit the Dragon. I don't think. You know, there are two records in the 90s that disappointed me on like an epic fail kind of level because I loved the previous record so much. So I, I cannot, I cannot hype saturation more. Yeah. I, there, there, I can't hype it more. Um, it is, it's incredible. It's an incredible record. Um, yeah, I, I could pick any song off of that record. Um, and then Exit the Dragon comes in after that, and it doesn't come in very long after that. Like, Saturation came out in 93. Exit the Dragon comes out in 95. And in the middle was a little song that is not been, that I'm not going to pick. I don't know if you are, but I'm not going to pick their cover uh, and their most famous song by a long shot. Um, it's a great song. No Neil Diamond wrote it. Yep. Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon is a phenomenal song. It is absolutely fantastic. They crush the cover. It's the, it's the definitive version of that song. And it's from the Pulp Fiction soundtrack. And it's from a great moment in the film. It's iconic. Number one, personal rule at the moment. I may change it. I may choose to change it later. But for now, <laughs> rule at the moment. I'm not picking. A, uh, I'm picking only originals for this podcast. Original tracks that they wrote. I'm not going to pick a cover. Unless I already did. In which case, I'm lying. But I don't think I have. <laughs> But I'm not going to pick that song. The uh, well, the other one is um, whatever the uh, album is with. Uh, oh, Secret Samadhi by Live. It's just like yeah, it's like it's it's just an absolutely pick. devastating. That's a great follow up yeah. album to a tremendous record. Um, so yeah, I mean, Exit the Dragon is like a, a monumental disappointment on like a, a, on just an epic fail kind of level. Um, 
you know, so that you, so that people don't think that we're just blind followers of a band. Like I love saturation, and I think every, oh, there's a lot of really good stuff pre-saturation, but Exit the Dragon is so terrible as as a unit. I mean, I do kind of like the song The Break. I think that's a pretty good song. And a song that was on another compilation, uh, which is called uh, either T Take a Walk or View of the Rain. It was Take a Walk on the compilation and the No Alternative compilation, which apparently is really hard to find. Um, but, you know, I have the, the CD of it, of course. And then View of the Rain is the same song renamed. I think it's extended by like 30 seconds or something like that. Um, it's the same song. Yeah. That's a great song. This album is such a massive disappointment. Uh, if I was giving it a pitchfork review, I'd give it like minus eight. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really, really bad. But let's talk about good stuff. Let's talk about the awesome, awesome songs on Saturation. Literally one through 12. There's nothing that you can do that's wrong. Man, I, gotta, I wish I could say that I definitely decided which one I was going to say first. So I'm going to say Positive Bleeding yeah. first because it's the first one that I wrote down. It's the third track on the record. Um, I think the the guitar riff to it is so great. Hopefully it comes off on this little Spotify clip. Here's a clip from Positive Bleeding by Urge Overkill. Yeah, 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 yeah. Woo-hoo-hoo. I can bleed when I want to bleed. Yep, you all had to listen to that. We need um, more of that on this podcast. I'm serious, sure. We, oh, 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 more of that. <laughs> it's only because you're not in the same room. I would be sharing the uh, mic. I mean, how hot is every element of positive bleeding, and it builds that huge awesomeness at the end of it, where like where where he's singing over the guitars and they layer it. You know, they do that awesome layering thing that the Butcher Brothers on the production side do for this album. Oh my god, that was the one that got me. I I, I again, I love every song on this record. Um, I even love Crack Babies. I mean, like I love every song on this record, but Positive Bleeding got me into no, it. No, and it's uh, what I think of with Positive Bleeding um, in particular, but also, I mean, other songs, on, off the other singles on the saturation is, I think we talked about this on other podcasts of like in that time, in that era, um, especially when we were in college, you know, we had, you know, our radio show at Dickinson College. Um, uh, but so much of the music and where I discovered new music was on MTV and was on 120 minutes. And that's where I remember seeing positive bleeding for the first time. And yeah, it's this showmanship yeah. goes along with it. And so I'm looking at the video. It's like, that's unlike other videos that I'd seen at that point. And I'm like, okay. And then you just have the the, the music on top of that. You're like, okay, I'm listening. I'm going, I got you. You know, and you're like, okay, you're matching <laughs> suits. Okay. Drummer has a, purple shirt on okay well this is working um and they yeah and they, and they do like they put the hands over the ears for the earphones in the in the video too so i love it i i love that song um everything we would do at a party except for the matching it's right right we haven't done that yet um but yeah just super catchy um rock song and all those elements uh that they bring into it um the showmanship and the it's guitars produced. yeah absolutely it, and I think actually, let's. I want to talk about that a little bit. It's 1993. Like they did open for Nirvana at one point during uh, this this period of time. They were fr they were friends with Butch Vig, who produced the Nirvana records, and of course went on to Garbage. And when you just think about a little bit of that influence, and you think about Garbage's sound, and they, and they're not parallels at all. Garbage's first record came out a couple of years after this one, but 
there's a slickness to those garbage records that also kind of dovetails with the, the media that was being produced at the time. And when I say that media, I mean compact discs. So you had a clean sound from a compact disc. You had a slickness to it. You had a power pop sheen that went to it. But there was still that, they would go with that fuzz guitar that is all over this record. And yeah. it's all over their early stuff. And like, that's kind of like a, a signature sound to have like this fuzzy guitar with like this slick drums. And then when they were playing, you know, when they were plinking little piano parts at, at various points in this record and using like, using some of the, the overdubs of the uh, weird sound clips from 70s TV shows, you know, and you're like, like they clip, I think they they have the Mary Tyler Moore theme at one point in, um, uh, is it Night in Gray? I think that they, they use yeah. that. Um, so they, they were using little bits of different things and they were having fun with it and you could tell. And I don't know when the drug problem became so big with this band that they couldn't, like that, that Nash and Eddie couldn't get along well enough anymore to to put that aside and just be cool because they were cool. Urge Overkill was cool. Quentin Tarantino doesn't pluck a band out of obscurity covering Neil fucking Diamond unless they are cool. And Urge Overkill was cool as yeah. ice. I mean, they were yeah. Awesome. That band should have been in Swingers if Swingers had a less uh, you know swing bang soundtrack to them. I mean, they would have been perfect uh, for that movie and that vibe and that like a cameo right. somewhere at the absolutely. Brown a cameo right. of the Brown and, Derby yeah, somewhere. Know, absolutely, like, yeah, you know they're doing. Um, uh, the swing band sound for that movie and that's that soundtrack but gosh i mean they would have fit right in and again it, it's entertainment um but they got the songs to back it up and that fuzzy rock guitar sound you said uh is all over the record and there's just there, yeah there's not a single bad song on this album that's what i kept coming back to listening to it like, i could pick any one of these and i'd be okay and sometimes i'm worried i'm like i sure am i gonna you know pick the same songs and you have to go to a backup i could go to multiple backups here um, and I had positive bleeding uh, on my list, um, but I'm good. <laughs> I'm <Swiped> good. It. <laughs> Swiped it. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing, the thing with our Jover Kill too, uh, it's, you know, this is one of those periods of time where we're reading a lot of lists about like on sports websites of like, okay, you know, best uniforms of the last, you know, four decades and like top 74 uniforms of da 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 da, da. you know it's there's like a branding thing right like urge overkill has a branding they have this uh, on saturation they have this huge uo logo yeah. right i mean like that's ballsy like it's like no one was doing a logo that was like all right we're this we're this brand you know like and and saturation has that awesome shot of of the Chicago skyline in the front. Like, it's like, yep, this is us. Deal with it. We're taking over. Like, that's what I want from a rock and roll band. I still want it. I love, that's what I love about the hives. I mean, like, you just know what the hell you're getting. It's what I love about the way the white stripes, you can like Jack White, you can not like Jack White, but the white stripes, they picked the red and white thing. You knew exactly who they were and they stuck with it. They stuck with it the whole time. You could be like, oh, it's tired. It's bullshit. You can say whatever you want about it, but everybody knows who they are. So... I don't know. I, I, I'm yeah. into that, you know, like the Rolling Stones had this, the, have the lips and the tongue thing. Like, they, I mean, you know, you knew it was a Rolling Stones record. You never asked that question. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm into that, the, to them leaping into that branding that you owe pops up everywhere. Um, no, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, no. And great. I have that t-shirt. Um, I, I can't find now, but I had a t-shirt from 
what was it in Carlisle classic threads? Um, I got a urge overkill yeah. t-shirt with that UO logo on it. And I would even connect them to one of my favorite bands, kiss and that same kind of showmanship and the, oh, you know, yeah. the, the stage presence, the, the matching outfits. And they, they just, they, at that time, they, they, they posed, posed, they posed they, while they're on you know, the they stage. Dressed yeah. as the band they wanted to be. And they, they were, we're going to, this is it. This is who we are. And so their videos, like I keep coming back to the videos. Their videos are like that, you know. Yeah, they really do. Um, so yeah, they embraced that side of rock and roll, um, and they could also kick in the ass with their songs. So did you dig, did you dig back into any of their catalog and any of the back catalog before we we got? I on figured that? that you know no satur- no the answer is no because saturation to me is just one of my favorite albums. Um, from that era and from that time, from my one of my favorite albums, period. And so I knew I was going to just, you know, pick a song off of that. And so I thought about dipping back into Exit the Dragon, which I probably haven't listened to since it came out. Um, but no, I think this is this is going to be a podcast for Urge Overcome, but really a podcast for me for for saturation. Um, so <laughs> okay, so you've never heard, so you've never heard anything off of Jesus have Urge not, Superstar no. from me, but I could be talked into it. So I I want to. Hmm. Oh, I, I kind of want to talk you into it. I kind of do. I kind of do. Um, I'm going to strongly encourage you as opposed to talk you into it. Cause I don't want to waste a pick. Um, <laughs> I, I want it, but I want, I want to strongly urge you off of Jesus urge superstar to take a listen to the Polaroid doll. That song uh, has, has like all of these elements that I've been talking about. I'm referring to, during this podcast of, of the replacements, very early Goo Goo Dolls, Afghan wigs. Um, and then the, and then you can see where they're going to get glammy later, like in this one song. And it's not like it's a long song. It's two minutes and 30 seconds, but it kicks, it rips. It does all of the things that, that you would like the song after that called head on is also terrific. Um, so, you know, I would say if one is so inclined you could do a lot worse than the checking out some things on Jesus Urge Superstar, which, you know, was their first full length record. And then they had some cool shit off of AmeriCruiser, which was 1991. And I text you about this because I couldn't believe it. Folks, it's unbelievable. But there is a song that has Ski's <laughs> name in the song, in an Urge Overkill song. And I'd never seen it before today. And it's called Far Out Ski. And it's, <laughs> it's off of AmeriCruiser. And it also rips. So you may have a new theme song, my friend. You may. I will just, I think it's important. I'm going to jump into that. that. I just very well might have embraced that. I've mentioned Exit the Dragon. Yeah, I don't want to, I don't know. I I don't think I can go back to that again. I've I've already dumped on it. It's the height of this, of this band is saturation as an LP. Um, And then of course, right after that, you know, I mean, it was pulled actually, I guess technically it was pulled from their EP stall, the girl, you'll be a woman soon cover, which came out in 92. Um, But obviously it was not huge until 1994. It was not huge until the Pulp Fiction soundtrack. So um, we can't say that the, the Quentin Tarantino part of this didn't come into play. Um, Let me get to pick number two Um, for me. It is off of saturation. Um, I almost picked Polaroid Doll, but I'm not as in love with it as I am this next track. It's Tequila Sunday. It's the second song off of saturation. And it has one of the most killer guitar riffs to start the song. 
let's take a listen to 30 seconds of it from Spotify that we didn't get to pick out. Otherwise, I would have made sure that the riff started the song off because it's just so hot. I, I, I went deaf today playing this song really loud in the headphones that I'm using right now. It's just so good. It's so good. Ski your thoughts. You on son of a bitch. You stole my song. Yeah, no, it's, it's, <laughs> it's rift heavy rock and roll, uh, fuzz guitar. Uh, the production is insane and it's just, but it's, it's, a, it's just a heavy song. Um, and so all those elements of, uh, for me at least, like taking the blues and, you know, taking that raw rock sound from Aerosmith, the blues from the Stones, um, and then just putting their urge spin on it. Um, yeah, kicks you in the rear. And uh, it's one that you, you listen to multiple times. And it's, it's just interesting because it's a song that I do, I can, I, I, it seems like sometimes I just forget about because there's so many great songs on this album. Um, and I'll get into, you know, my next pick off of saturation, but, uh, yeah, it's right there in track two. And you're like, at least for me, Oh, right. That's so heavy and so real. It's so raw. Uh, it's, it's a perfect pick there. What is that sound that, 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 that's a kind of like meow sound that like, what, like, I don't know what that sound is, that sound effect. I don't know if it's a, some synth sound where they're just like going through, but like, it goes from one ear into the other, one speaker into another when you hear it. And it just, it adds that kind of built up noise. And I will say this from listening to some of the earlier stuff. And so that's why I'm kind of encouraging you to like go back and like do some picking and choosing from some of the earlier records. It kind of builds into, like there's parts of those other songs that that kind of get integrated into Tequila, into Tequila Sunday. Um, it really works. Um, and you don't notice it until you go back and listen. You're like, Oh, they were, they were a heavier band. Yeah. Like they did, they did some stuff that was, that was, it's not like Soundgarden, but like it is uh, to reference another episode, uh, episode four, uh, the, but, but it's there, there is a heavier thing going on and they, because they have that pop sheen, that, that, that power pop sheen that um, it, it they, you forget about it, but then when they throw it back into the blender um, and and it comes out where they build up that wall of noise at the end of Tequila Sunday, and then when they end it with that great Black Onassis, like, pew, 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 yeah. bah, and like just the perfect coda to end the song. Um, I mean, it's a complete track. They were they fought it through from front to finish, like like. That's why every re every song on this record sounds different enough that you're like, okay, this is an individual track that, that somebody spent time crafting, and then they built an album out of this. They built an album out of these songs. They had it, it has a it has a start, it has a middle, it has a finish. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's 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 terrific track. It's a terrific track. Sorry, I, I really didn't know that I was going to steal it from you. I should have known that I was stealing it from you. I knew you were going to take Erica Kane. I knew it. Yeah. I knew you were going to draft Erica Kane with your first round pick because you sing it all the time. And and I I was like. Great. That's yours. It's, it's Take interesting because it. like you it. could build, like you said, I mean, you could build an album off of one of these individual songs and you could do an album of Tequila Sunday. You could do an album of Erica Kane. Uh, you could do an album of Positive Bleeding. And they managed to put 12 of them uh, on a single, you know, Urge Overkill album. And they do go in a lot of different directions while, you know, staying true to that, you know, Urge core. Um, so that, that was one that I kept thinking about. And it, just because it is just so heavy and that opening riff is so heavy. Um, 
it's it's one that like if you put that on i guarantee you you're going to pick up uh, saturation the next day um it's a dude it track, is, right? <laughs> like, I, I, it's a dude track. I mean, this, like, this song, like, I love it. I love it. Like, it's like, it's a song to like lift some weights and be like, yeah, you know, like, I mean, like, it, 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 it it's, it's hefty. It's a hefty yeah. song. No, it's, it's a class. It's a classic one, um, and one I'm going to regret not being able to talk about. But you know, in your response to you, <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> no, no, tell no, me more. No, 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 no seriously, no, tell me more. That's, that's, it's no, a... I've already I, I said it all. You know, like, and, and there's a reason why it was you know my number two um, because it's one of their most most powerful songs uh, off of that album. Um, it just hits you in the face. I will say that God Fl- Yeah, I would say that God Flintstone. Just for the record, God Flintstone. Uh, uh, which is the first song of a Jesus or superstar. There's some elements of uh, near the end of God Flintstone that show up at the end of Tequila Sunday. I'll just say that. And I think that you will be very, I think you'd be very, very happy to like start making some of those connections. Um, some of the, so good. There. Uh, so, so good. Well done. Anyway. Uh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Um, you know, uh, so pick your fourth, pick the fourth. Yeah. I Let's mean, look, I, it, I did say in this podcast that, you know, I had so many backups with this record. And so it's not an issue at all. I love Tequila Sunday. Don't get me wrong, but it's not an issue at all. And I'm going to go with one on the theme of, you know, just mixing it up a little bit here because there, yeah, I could pick any, anything remaining on this album. And we'll, we'll get to them, but bottle of fur is the one that I'm going to pick uh, for my second uh, oh. selection, the fourth one, because it's probably one of the more um, poppy uh, songs on the album, um, which is a very poppy chorus. <laughs> Um, so less of a mm. punch in the mouth and more of a Phil Spector wall of sound. Um, All right, let's hear some of it. Let's hear some of it. So it's so good. And that's the thing. Like you could, they could do, you know, full album of, you know, that kind of pop direction with a fuller production and more of a wall of sound feel to it. Um but it, it lingers and it sticks in your ear. And like, it's another one that I keep coming back to um, because it's just, it's so good and so catchy. So when you said the Phil Spector, are you thinking about like those absolutely. Yeah, that come absolutely. in at the end? Yeah, yeah. yeah. just bringing that, like it's just an element that you, you might not get in the other Urge uh, songs and certainly not if, no, it's from totally t- Tiki the Sunday or even Positive Bleeding or certainly not Erica Kane. I mean, Erica Kane is a punk record. Um, we picked three ripping tracks, and this is not that. This is this is a, a complete departure, in, and again, it's it's placed perfectly. Um, for those of you who who uh, don't know, which would be everyone except for Rich, uh, when we had our when we had our uh, our um, radio show at WDCV eighty eight point three Carlisle, Pennsylvania, um, at Dickinson College, we uh, we we would play Summer of Overkill. And uh, I, uh, I noticed that there was a trapped album somewhere in deep in the nether regions of the WDCV vinyl record library. Uh, and, and it was crying out to be free. So I, have, I had liberated this album somewhere prior to graduation and I continue to possess it. And it is on orange vinyl and it is Urge Overkill's Saturation. Um, sorry, DCV. I, I have it. I'm not giving it back. <laughs> not giving it back. But Bottle of Fur is good. Is the last song off the first of the first side of the record, and and I guess if you think of, if I think about it now, ninety three, how many people were even bothering to cut a vinyl record, let alone one on orange vinyl, 
and let alone actually structuring an album with six songs on one side and six songs on the other. No, I'm stunned that you have that. I was stunned when I saw that photo because this is an era where bands had stopped releasing music uh, on vinyl. Um, but it, it makes sense. And like, I didn't even know that that bottle of fur closed uh, side one um, because, yeah, I've just been you know, listening to it off of the CD for since I bought it. Um, but it does make sense. And it's also true, like, you know, that kind of song just it, it fits for a band that, you know, had a certain image. They wanted to, you know, a, be perceived in a certain way. They market themselves that way. So you got to have a softer song. I mean, you're punching in the face with Tequila Sunday and Erica Kane, but you got to pull it back a little bit uh, musically and lyrically uh, with Bottle of Fur. Um, so it, it, it fits. It fits the band you know, to have a song like that. And of course it closes uh, side A. Uh, that's perfect. The the way that I think it dovetails too is actually with their biggest song, uh, Girl, Be a Woman's, Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon by Neil Diamond. If I think about Bottle of Fur, like it actually makes sense. Like those are, those share some some sensibilities, I think, uh, in in just the not not being over the top there's chimes in yeah. right or there's a there's that xylophone thing that they do in girl you'll be a woman soon and they build to that and bottle of fur is is uh, is their neil diamond record i don't know um you know it's it, it's not it's it i never would have put all that together but if you think about how also, the showman that Neil of course. was. I mean, if you've seen Look the shirts, if you just have seen the photo of yeah of Hot August Nights, I mean, like Urge Overkill took some stage theatrics from that. No, nah, no question about that. And that's what like I, you know, we, you want to have a showman band like you want to have a showman like that. You want to have a band that will, is going to give you all the goods. And for, in that era, you know, there are bands that we obviously still loved. Um, but we're more serious and it was all about the music and, you know, being artists. Very and, serious. It was a very serious and, time. And those, and those bands, 90s. like I said at the beginning, <laughs> those bands did open the door for Urge Overkill, but it's important to have Urge Overkill go through that door uh, with saturation because it could be so serious all the freaking time. And yeah, sometimes you just want to be entertained. And I didn't realize, realize it at the time, but it was setting me up for, you know, a couple of years later when I finally did get into Kiss and it set me up, you know, a few years after that, when we started listening to Electric Six and the Hives um, and that kind of showmanship um, had been just been missing, you know, um, from my catalog uh, at that time. Yeah, They took it. They took it for sure. Uh, let's let's just make sure that we have I mean, the only the most obvious one that we haven't talked about. And I think we were both holding off to see if we were going to mention it as one of the songs that we chose and neither one of us did is the first song off of saturation, which is sister Havana, which is a killer opening number. I mean, I, I get the feeling that each of us kind of avoided it because we think it's too obvious. No, right. It. No, that, that's a, it's, it's so funny that it? both of us left it off when it probably should be the first one, you know, because it is the opening track off of uh, that record and it's so good and defines the band um to a t so but yeah i think it's like oh that's too obvious you want to dig a little deeper with erica kane um it's probably not obvious to someone who doesn't know anything other than girl you'll be a woman soon though that's the thing i mean in that way we may have done it well but I, I don't think you could go wrong with any of the four that we picked but yes you want to make sure that sister yes. of havana uh is also 
uh, on your playlist. And I'm going to make a case. You mentioned it as well for uh, Crack Babies, Woman to Woman, Back on Me. I mean, the last track, Heaven 90210. I mean, yeah, just the whole album. What about Dropout? Dropout, absolutely. Like, Dropout is awesome. Dropout is like a Beck. Dropout is like a Beck song, right? Like, it's so chill. It's so different than the rest. I mean, it's, it's still got that. It's still got that swagger. And then, I mean, Dropout into Erica Kane is a killer segue, right? Isn't it amazing how they drop? Because they, if I remember right, Dropout kind of like they turn the volume down, right? It's like gets quieter and quieter and then they make it louder and louder again. And, and then, then you get the jarring Erica riff King. of uh, Erica Kane. Yeah, right. And it's perfect. You know, it's just like, yeah, a couple punches to the mouth and then, you know, they, they go into the song. But yeah, you're right. That's a perfect uh, sequence there on the record. They they really um, I I feel like the world forgets they they were a thing. I don't want to say that they're a one hit wonder, but like if you look at these Spotify numbers, and again, I'm not trying to just only look at this because we're we've clearly the, this this uh, episode and the episode before it we're focusing on early '90s stuff again, which I'm not sorry about. Fifty thousand I'm sorry, fifty million plays of "Girl, You'll Be a Woman" soon. 50, 50 yeah. plus million, you know, 50. Yeah. And then, the, and then sister Havana, it doesn't even crack is like slightly under 2 million plays. And that's number two. So like, it's not even close. Like there's not even like as much. And then it, it's an even further number three is dropout, which has like five. Yeah. It's, people. it's just, I mean, that soundtrack uh, is obviously so good. It's uh, one of the iconic movies of that era. Um, and then there's a Neil Diamond song. And so you put all those things together. It's, it's gonna like, oh, for sure. I mean, <laughs> right. yeah, I'm not surprised at all. And I, you know, like, I, I hope folks would dig a little deeper into saturation, but that's why I think just saturation, that album, it's, it, we could call this podcast saturation, obviously, because those are those songs that we picked. Um, but urge overkill is the exactly the type of band. That's true. We went. We four, did. We went four. Out of, we went four for four. Yeah, they, but this is a band that, um, in an album that I could see people easily overlooking. Um, you know, it's not that I expected it to chart high, but you know, it barely ultimately cracked the top two hundred, um, which kind of stunned me um, because it was all over that year for us. It was all over uh, one hundred and twenty minutes and MTV, and at that time. It, I couldn't it, get enough of that yeah, record. And like, I couldn't and get enough of that was, record. It, and it, I still can't. I mean, obviously, I mean, we're, we're talking about it 20 plus years uh, later. But yeah, that's the kind of album and band that was overlooked. And people take a listen to it now and you won't be disappointed. And you'll see elements of some of your favorite bands there. Um, I'll tell you what, you, you know, people don't know, but me and Ski used to trade back and forth top 10 albums of the whole year. We emailed them to each other. Uh, I don't remember when we stopped, but uh, I feel like it was probably uh, it's been quite some time since I, I think you've kept up with it. I know you've kept up with it. It's been a real long time since I've done one. But if I went back, if I went back in time and said, OK, what is is this a top 10 album from 1993 for me? It's like not even a question. It's just a question. Of of that year. I think what you're saying um, with that year, 1993, that's a huge statement. And you're right. It's, a, it's in mine. It, 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 yes, yes, and yes, and yes, and yes. I mean, like, 
<laughs> it's just, it's true. And if I looked at uh, if I looked at Super Unknown by Soundgarden yeah. that year, like in '94, like in '94, '94 might be the hardest one if I had to go back and rank like a top ten albums thing, um, because there's just so many so many iconic yeah. records. I mean, like I don't think I would put Dookie by Green Day in that list, even though, like that's a phenomenal record to me anyway. I think it's a phenomenal record, and I think it's a game changer. You know, I mean. They're they're a rock and roll hall of fame act. I mean, you know, it's yeah. it's Green Day. I mean, you know, and I don't know if I would. I don't know if they would make a top ten, ninety four. Even though I think that album is terrific, and I think they're terrific. Um, did you know that uh, Urge Overkill had an album in twenty eleven called Rock and Roll? I discovered Sunshine? that today. Yeah, again, I, I was focused on uh, saturation, <laughs> um, and so I think we've talked ourselves. You've talked me into looking at their earlier albums before saturation, and you know, hopefully, we've talked folks into giving saturation a try and yeah i'll, I'll take a li- list of their 2011 album for sure i am not sure if i'm going to listen to the whole album i will say that i had to listen to any song that has the cheekiness of calling themselves rock and roll submarine it sounds like a spinal tap song i mean like it's which i think is phenomenal you know it's a, it's a shark sandwich <laughs> um and, <laughs> And then, but they have a, the third song on that record, Effigy, actually is it was pretty good. I listened to that. That song is actually pretty good. Uh, I was surprised that 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 it that it, it held up at all. Um, so I, I love the the album art for Rock and Roll Submarine. It has that classic UO globe only as a submarine. I mean, anyway, like so. I'm I'm already I'm already kind of uh, I'm excited about that. But yeah, Exit the Dragon, guys. I mean, the break is okay. Uh, it's a good. I, I like that song, and uh, and I like uh, um, uh, uh, "Take a Walk" slash "View of the Rain." That I think that's a beautiful song, but that was on another album, but before that, so it's hard for me to include that in that in the "Exit the Dragon" output. You've already heard me bitch and moan about it. You don't need to hear me any further. Ski, any final thoughts on? one of the great rock and roll acts. Yeah. I just hope I can find that t-shirt because yeah, I want to wear that proudly and spread the word. I have one too somewhere, (laughs) but um, yeah, I think they make my list from 1993 and that's saying something just to that time and that era and that year. Um, But it just lasts. And I keep coming back to that album. There hasn't been a year where I haven't listened to saturation um, multiple times and I haven't been, blown away uh, by the songs uh, on it um and so yeah give it a listen and uh, you won't be dis- won't be disappointed give it a listen give it a listen we thank you for listening to us we hope you've talked you into giving urge overkill a first listen probably uh be sure to check out our previous episodes follow us on facebook sherman and ski at facebook uh follow us on instagram sherman and ski on instagram uh our podcasts are available on uh on anchor on spotify on google uh and on pocket cast and uh many many more when we get more and more people listening so i'm I'm sherman 